Hello everyone, welcome to this week's Between the Chalk Lines weekly wrap-up. If you didn't uh, catch last week's interview with Cash Shake, the president and CEO of uh, Base uh, Baseball United, the league that's making waves in South Asia and Middle East, please click on the link below. I'll be, uh, or on the, the bubble to the side if you're watching YouTube. I'll be right there, so you can watch the uh, interview with Cash Shake and myself. But we're going back to the weekly wrap-up, and this week was a very slow week. Just so you know, uh, there weren't a ton of moves made, but there were some moves made. Uh, I think some rosters are kind of being finalized for teams, as spring training is only a few weeks away. Catchers and pitchers are reporting in just over two weeks for all teams and most teams except for LA Dodgers and San Diego Padres as they do have to play in uh, Asia they're playing in Korea so their timeline is a little bit different than the rest of the league's uh, timeline and then I believe first games for um, spring and yeah, spring training in Arizona and Florida are at the end of February and beginning of March. So end of February, beginning of March are when the first few games are starting. And you'll probably be seeing a lot of minor league players uh, who got invites or guys that got minor league deals that have invites to spring training will be playing in those games um, while the rest of the players are starting to get warmed up and whatnot. Uh, so to begin this week, Aroldis Chapman, Chapman, the Cuban Missile, is going to the uh, Pirates. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, he got one year, $10.5 million. Uh, he's, he's moving from Texas to Pittsburgh. So we'll see how that goes for Chapman. He's been a uh, solid guy throughout the most of uh, his career. And I would say that the Yankees that he was on uh, in 2017, which we'll actually be moving on to that story after this. They had a chance to win the World Series that year. Which I mean by moving on is the fact that 36-year-old and 2017 World Series champion Colin McHugh, starting pitcher slash relief pitcher, uh, is retiring. From baseball after about 11 seasons in different teams throughout the minors and majors started out with the Mets moved on to the Rockies and then on to the Astros Rays and finally the Braves where he is finishing uh, his career he did not reach the 10 years required of service time so he will not be Hall of Fame eligible which we will be going back and talking about the Hall of Fame at the end of this episode. Uh, so, good luck, Colin McHugh, and good luck in uh, retirement. I hope that you're happy and you are a World Series champion, according to Major League Baseball. So, uh, moving on to the next deal. The Dodgers and starting pitcher James uh, Paxton have come to agreement on a one-year deal worth $11 million with two different bonuses. Uh, 
a $1 million opening day roster bonus if he is on their opening day roster, and $1 million worth of performance incentives. So that deal can be worth up to $13 million. Uh, and this deal does possibly put them up past the competitive balance tax threshold um, against the Mets. If you're looking at Dodgers and Mets payroll, uh, the Dodgers might be paying more in taxes than the Mets will be in 2024. Uh, for all of those fans that are upset about deferred payment and such, um, it's just the way that, you know, the CBT, or the, all that has been, you know, created and worded and whatnot. It's just the way it works. Uh, but for the Nationals, in first baseman slash outfielder Joey Gallo, uh, the Nationals were looking for a little bit of balance in outfield. All of their outfield, I believe, are right-handed hitters. So they added left-handed hitter Joey Gallo to a one-year deal worth $5 million uh, with $1 million in performance incentives. Um, <clears throat> Gallo is the epitome of the three true outcomes. Home run, an out, or a walk. He doesn't hit for average. Look up his baseball reference page. You're seeing an average of 197 over his career. He hits 197 under the Mendoza line. So they are paying for power and paying for a lefty who can sit there uh, and balance out the outfield and play a little bit of first base. So that is the Nationals and Gallo deal. Um, speaking of first base, Reese Hoskins and the Brewers came to a two-year, $34 million deal. I think Hoskins played his cards the best that he could have. Uh, $34 million for a guy who's had some injury issues and was not really consistent as far as, you know, uh, defense and offense. $34 million is, is pretty good in two years. And he has the choice. He has an opt-out after 2024. You know that it, it is a more uh, heavy uh, contract than the back end. So if he wants all $34 million, obviously... They're not going to split that up between 17 and 17 this, this year next year. It's probably going to be more like 10 and 24. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, if he stays with the Brewers, who were playoff team last year. So he has to keep that in mind. Um, the Angels bring back relief pitcher Matt Moore on a one-year deal worth $9 million. Uh, so Stevenson, Moore, Estevez are going to be making up the back end of that bullpen. A lot of people will take war. I've seen it on X, and they said, okay, this is what we had last year. It was this war. This is what we have this year. It's this war. It's lower than last year's. Last year, we were in the bottom third of the league for the Angels. 
I'll just let you pick that and think on it. Uh, if you think Estevez, Stevenson, and Moore, along with the others, are worse than Aaron Loop and Estevez and Moore, um, then that's what you have. And of course, Ben Joyce only had a little bit of window to kind of show off what he had before he got hurt. Uh, ben Joyce is not going to be the same pitcher that he was in 2023. Um, he may or may not still throw over 100 miles an hour. We'll see. Um, I know they had a negative war. So there you go. You know, he had a negative war uh, in 2024. You can only hope that he has a positive war uh, to add to the bullpen, which I think he will. Uh, Bachman was hurt. Uh, moving on. The Reds, uh, president of baseball operations, Nick Crawl, said that they are not actively looking to re-sign Joey Votto, first baseman, uh, and veteran of the team. So Joey Votto, his options are dwindling and his time is dwindling as I said before, uh, Swing training is coming up soon. A few weeks. I mean, he would have to be in Arizona or Florida in a couple of weeks if he signs the team or signs with the team. Um, he could also wait until someone gets hurt on the team and sign with them uh, as a replacement uh, mid-season. But I doubt that's the way he wants. I know that. There is possible interest for him, at least for him, as a Canada native, uh, to play for the Toronto Blue Jays. But obviously you have, you know, a first baseman all-star in Vladdy Jr. already. Uh, so Vladdy Jr. is kind of blocking the way for Joey Votto. He could possibly be a designated hitter for them. But... Joey Votto's situation is kind of in the air, to say the least. Uh, moving on from that, Jock uh, Peter, Peterson, outfielder and designated hitter, uh, also left-handed hitter, uh, who has been known to crush right-handed hitting, uh, is joining the Arizona Diamondbacks on a one-year deal with a mutual option for 2025. The amount of money for that deal has not been announced. When and if it is, I will put it out there. I always do. And as far as other deals go, Texas Rangers uh, re-sign their outfielder, uh, Blondi, as he's known, uh, Travis Jankowski, to a one-year deal. The amount of money for that deal also is not known. And they also signed relief pitcher slash closer David Robertson to a one-year uh, deal that's about assumed to be about eleven to twelve million dollars. Uh, one that is official, pending physical right now. Uh, you just want to make sure that everything's good. Uh, the body, I'll announce it. I'll tell you on X. You know, David Robertson made this much money. There's not you know, an option or there's incentives, etc. Uh, I'll let you know. 
um, as far as non-deal situations go, besides the whole Votto situation, the Miami Marlins and the Washington Nationals released and debuted new uh, jerseys for their teams. So, you know, I kind of like the new Marlins jerseys. I've never been a huge Marlins fan, or Jersey fan, I guess you can say. Uh, I guess I, li I liked their old uh, black jerseys and the new ones that they have now with the black and the kind of like uh, neon bluish look they had in 2023. Um, but the new ones, they're okay, I'll say. You know? And I have to say, I feel the same about the Washington Nationals uh, jerseys, especially the one that just says Na Washington across the jersey. It's just a step up above the 2023 uh, World Baseball Classic Great Britain jerseys, which looked like they were made in uh, Microsoft Paint. So th those are my feelings and thoughts on the jerseys for Marlins and Nationals. And finally, we're going to the last topic of the day, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame class for 2024 was announced on Tuesday night. I was, I was, honestly, I have to tell you, my choices for this class were Beltre, uh, Wagner, those were my top two that I had to get in somehow. Um, Helton was one of the guys on, you know, the, the edge there. Because Helen, he's got some crazy numbers. If you look at his numbers, uh, matched up with other first basemen throughout the history of baseball, which is about 150 years of baseball now. Um, it's crazy. More than 150 years. But, you know, I know a lot of people give Helen trouble because of the whole Curtis Field thing. They're going to give Nolan Arnado, who is one of the best defensive third baseman ever uh, to play the game. Trouble because he played in Coors Field for about half of his career and then played the rest of it in St. Louis with the Cardinals. Um, and he's not done. So, and Larry Walker, you know, Larry Walker, uh, trouble because of Coors Field. Um, I don't think you can give trouble to a guy because of where they played. Todd Helton chose to stay in, you know, Denver. He thrived there. It was just what he did. You know, he was good at it, what he did. Um, I just do have to point out the fact that he did terrible in the playoffs. Um, he didn't do very good. And you know, he only got a few chances. Um, the Rockies weren't, then you know, year after year playoff kind of team, but when they did go, they they went in the seasons. The he he did a pretty good job. I believe they went in the same year that he was um, an all star, and kind of flopped. So I I don't want to say as far as that, but. 17 years in the same city, the same team, same jersey, you know, same players. 17 years. 
That's loyalty. If you tell me, you ask me what, what loyalty is, is that right there. Todd Helton is the epitome of loyalty as well as many other players that I won't name now. Um, but he took what he had, he ran with it. And now he's a hall of famer. So congratulations to Todd Helton, uh, Asian Baltieri. I think we all knew that he was going in. Um, he, he had over 95% of votes uh, to get in, so good on him. He played for Dodgers, you know, as, as a rookie and uh, until his six years were up and he became a free agent. Uh, went to Seattle, did okay there. Went to Texas, almost went to Anaheim. He, almost was, he was almost an angel, but... Artie Marino and Scott Boris and Adrian Belche could not come to an agreement on a deal. So he went to their division rivals, the Texan Rangers. Uh, so congratulations, Texas. You have probably a guy that will be wearing your logo into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, I just don't see him wearing... Um, a Mariners logo. Uh, he he played, I think, about five or six years there, but he played longer in Texas. So I think he'll wear a Texas uh, Rangers logo going into the Hall of Fame. Todd Helen, obviously, only one team his whole career, so he'll be going into the Rockies. Uh, and Joe Maurer, finally, first ballot. I don't agree on the fact that he was the first ballot Hall of Famer, but I do agree the, on the fact that he is probably a f Hall of Fame player. He's not a Hall of Fame catcher because he only played about 49% of his career games at that position. He played more at first base. Most Websites, most people, most look at his baseball card, whatever, or talk to a writer, talk to you know a media head that's on TV. They're gonna tell you that he's a catcher. He was a baseball player. Joe Maurer was just a baseball player through and through. Again, another guy that was a one team for his entire career. Played for the Twins. Won an MVP was in several uh, All-Star games, won several Silver Sluggers. Uh, very good player. And I'll just leave it at that. There's not Hall, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't think, I mean, if Todd Helton had to wait six ballots, I don't think that Joe Maurer should have been on the first ballot. Adrian Beltre, 100% first ballot player. Played third base the entirety of his career, except for a few games. Um, I mean, that that's just how it is. That's how it played out. And the voters, uh, mind you, they, they asked Billy Wagner. No, excuse my language, but just they asked Billy Wagner, closer, fantastic closer, just didn't win uh, a playoff, didn't do great there. Uh, his team obviously was 
the National League for the most part, uh, most of his career uh, as an Astro, before the Astros moved to the American League West. Um, but he was an amazing closer, and he was always right. He was no Mariano Rivera. Definitely not a Mariano Rivera kind of closer. But he was very good, and that's what he, they needed him to do, uh, was to be very good. And he's only got one more chance next year with a lot of good players coming up. Ichiro, Cece Sabathia, and several others. I think those two that I named right there are probably worthy of being first ballot Hall of Famers. And then you have Billy Wagner. You know, what do you do? Do you make CC wait? Um, I just know that in the next few years, there's a lot of players that are eligible to be Hall of Fame um, players, and they're probably going to have to fight with a lot of other really, really good players. Um, and you'll, you'll see a lot of people end up in the Hall of Really Good. Joe Maurer was on that edge of Hall of Really Good. Um, he only got in the Hall of Fame by four votes. Billy Wagner missed it by five votes. So, uh, that's it for this week's Weekly Wacker Wrap-Up. Thank you uh, for joining me every week, uh, you listeners and watchers. Uh, Between Chalk Lines, this is your host, Randy Nunez. And good night. Have a good weekend. I'll see you next week.